Let's pray together. God and Heavenly Father, we thank you as we have sung, as we have participated in communion. I thank you for what you are doing in our lives. Thank you for this season. Thank you for the anticipation and for the beginning of Advent that we can gather together and worship you in freedom and allow your spirit to work among us. We pray, Lord, in the continuance of our worship that we would hear your voice, that we would sense your presence, that we would allow your word to speak. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, nice to have you here as we start a brand new series called A Christmas to Remember. Now, something happened to me a number of weeks ago when I walked into a department store and noticed them putting all the Christmas stuff up. I think that was in July. <laughs> they were, and they were late, yeah. <laughs> and they were late. Um, but, but, I, but I recognized something. When I, when I walked in, I saw the shelves being filled with all the stuff. And, and I, I recognized something that happened inside of me. And I don't know if this happens to you at all. But it was very evident, and it was kind of like an aha moment for me. But the minute I realized that we're into the season of Christmas, I don't know about you, but doesn't the sense of expectations just rise? All of a sudden, it's a season of expectation. And I don't know if, you know, whether you're a believer or whether you're a non-believer, no matter what, I think that's one thing we all have in common when it comes to Christmas, is that it just raises our expectations in a really dramatic way. Whether it's good, you know, personally, you know, expectations of, you know, joy, peace, hope, all those kinds of things that happens at Christmas time, or whether it's, you know, something, something sad about a past Christmas where you were expecting something, but something unexpected happened that kind of derailed the entire season. We all have those kinds of stories. And no matter what it is, no matter where you are, no matter what you know, you station in life you're enjoying today. This is a season of expectation. And, you know, if you're a Christian here this morning, the expectations are so different, aren't they? Because it, 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 it hopefully moves beyond the materialism. It hopefully moves beyond, you know, the, the kind of social norms that we have. You want something deeper. You want something more meaningful. Out of Christmas, you want to be able to celebrate the season in a way that that pushes away all those kind of external things and see hope for what it really is. Because if you're a believer here this morning, if there's one thing about the expectation of the Christmas season, it elevates our desire for hope. It elevates our desire to see the things of God and to see God do a work in our culture, to do a work in our society, because we're so, we're so um, saddened by what is happening in our world. And, and, and if you're a believer, you're kind of saying to yourself, God, maybe this Christmas, maybe you'll do something that will make 
people aware of the reality of why we celebrate Christmas the way we do. Because, God, we believe you're still at work. God, we believe you're going to do something amazing. God, we believe that you're still involved and loving and caring about the situation in our world. And that's been, that's been a truth that for anybody who claims faith in Jesus Christ embraces at this time of year. Now, I want to take you back a little bit before the actual birth, back into the Old Testament in a passage that, that kind of emulates you know, the, the hope and the desire that each and every one of us sort of hold in our hearts when it comes to this, to this time of year and the season that we call Christmas. I'm going to go back to the book of Jeremiah. And I want to, I want to paint a picture of why this is so important and what is happening in the world of Jeremiah. Jeremiah is a prophet that you know, prophesied around the time uh, just prior to the Babylonian captivity. The, the, the people of Israel uh, were, in, were in dire straits in, in many, many ways. And Jeremiah says, guess what? The Babylonians are coming and they're going to take us away. And they're going to take us into captivity. It's not a very good time. People did not like the message of Jeremiah at his time. He was proclaiming this kind of doom and, and, and gloom and, and exodus and all this kind of stuff. And in fact, it was so bad, it was so bad for Jeremiah that King Zedekiah, his own king, arrested him and jailed him. The people of the times were so upset with Jeremiah's message that they put him in jail. It was a very dire time for Israel. So in many ways, you would expect this prophet, this guy, this mouthpiece of God to be saying things that to kind of crystallize the, you know, the darkness of the time. But I want to take us to a passage that is anything but that Jeremiah did something that we need to hear today. We need to be reminded of today as we celebrate the season of expectation. Here's what Jeremiah wrote. The day will come, says the Lord, when I will do for Israel and Judah all the good things I have promised them. In those days and at that time, I will raise up a righteous descendant from King David's line. He will do what is just and right throughout the land. In that day, Judah will be saved and Jerusalem will live in safety. And this will be its name. The Lord is our righteousness. That is a beautiful, beautiful passage. Where, and, it, and it goes contrary to the ethos of the time. And even of some of Jeremiah's own you know, dire warnings about what was coming. But there's... There's three highlights in this passage I want to I quickly walk us through as, as we're looking at this passage. The very beginning of this passage says, The Lord, or the day will come. The day will come. What, what day is Jeremiah talking about? The day will come. In fact... If you're in the midst of some difficult situations and difficult circumstances, most of us get, get, get so embraced and so closed in to the circumstances of, of the moment that if somebody comes up to us and say, guess what, the day will come. 
That, that proposes something beyond the moment where it's going to get better or something's going to change. And it's not going to be as it is right now. In fact, that's, that's, that's an incredible proclamation by Jeremiah. You want to know why? Because the chapter previous to this, Jeremiah does something that proves that he believes what God is saying about the day will come. He has just told the nation that they're going to go into exile. In fact, he predicts the number of years of exile. He says, you're going to be gone for 70 years. And in fact, the book of Daniel has Daniel reading during, during the time away. And he's reading saying, oh, guess what? The time is almost done when we get to go back home because God said it was going to be 70 years as it's written in Jeremiah. That's how determined and that's how prophetic and that's how accurate the word of God is. But Jeremiah did something very practical at this time. In the previous chapter, he goes and he buys a piece of property. He buys land. Now, I don't know about you, but if you're going to be just automatically taken away by an invading army and your land is, to, is about to you know, be forfeited, why would you buy property? Why would you invest at a time where no one else is investing? If you didn't, in fact, have one thing and one thing alone... That you had a deep belief and trust in God. See, nothing at the time would have said to anybody, guess what? Invest right here, right now. Everything would have been telling you, take all you have, run away with it, hide it, go, you know. There's nothing about what is happening right now that you need to invest in. Because it's all useless it's all going to be worthless it's all not going to be how many times how many times have we found ourselves in a situation where we said why am i bothering the situation right now looks dire it's not worth it i'm not going to invest anymore and you suddenly take god out of the equation you finally and you, you take god out of the picture and you say god you know i'm not sure here's jeremiah Fully confident in what God has told him. Saying this is not always going to last the way it looks right now. So much so that I'm willing to put my own money. In fact, if you read the chapter, Jeremiah was very thoughtful. He, he, he wanted to do it in front of witnesses. He put out the deeds. Um, they were in duplicate like everything was in that day on two pieces of parchment. They, all got, you know, one, they got put away in a, in a place where it would be kept so in the future people would be able to find it. It wasn't just hearsay. He went through the whole legal procedure of the time to make sure people saw that he was so faithful in God that he was willing to make an investment at a time when everybody would have thought he was crazy. You know why? Because in each and every one of us, the day will come. The day will come. We may be able to paint a picture that doesn't look particularly good right now. But if you trust in God... The thing and the echo in the back of your mind will always be the day will come. When the Lord, you can fill in the blanks. Because the Lord is faithful. The Lord is true. The Lord is kind. The Lord is merciful. 
Even if you're in the midst of a moment where God has to discipline you, that does not last forever. That does not last forever. So the day will come. Here's the, sec- here's the second part that Jeremiah brings out. A righteous descendant. This is the prophetic part of this particular passage. Hundreds of years before Jesus came, you know, Jeremiah is talking about a righteous descendant, a righteous branch, a righteous son. That is going to come. This individual who is going to be the legitimate heir to the kingdom of God. This is all, you know, I don't have time to get into the divinic dynasty and all of that kind of stuff. But God promised David that there would be someone, uh, uh, you know, always on the throne of David. And Jesus is the one in the lineage of prophecy to end up on the throne in the lineage of David. And this is the beautiful, beautiful thing. Now, the Hebrew, you can, you can decipher the Hebrew in a way to say a legitimate heir, a legitimate son, a righteous branch, a righteous son. All of those, all of those categories kind of come together in the person of Jesus Christ because Jesus is legitimate, in so many ways, when it comes to why he came to earth, you know, as, as Jennifer beautifully illustrated during communion, you know, to become the sacrifice for our sin. This is why we celebrate the Lord's table, to remember what he did for us, because he was the legitimate son in order to accomplish something that we could never accomplish for ourselves. That is the beautiful thing about this passage. That Jeremiah recognizes that not only in that day is God just going to, you know, bring us back to the land. That God was going to deal with the worst part of humanity. That God was going to redeem us. That God was going to reconcile us back to himself. That God was going to do something so miraculous, so wonderful, so hopeful. That will make this season much more than bright lights, tinsel, and yes, even snow. (laughs) The last thing I want to underline is the Lord is our righteousness. Talking about the wonder of the city of Jerusalem. But I love the way this particular passage ends. Because it, doesn't, it just doesn't say the Lord our righteousness. It says the Lord is our righteousness. This is a statement of confidence that Jeremiah puts forward. Because to say that the Lord is our righteousness... There's a sense in which what is situated right now isn't always going to be the case that God, in his time, that God is going to make things right. I don't think there's a single person in this room that isn't going to say um, something's wrong in our world. I don't think there's anybody in this room that would say everything's perfect, everything's just as it should be, everything, <laughs> everything's okay. In fact, we're probably in a world that's more messed up than I think I've ever seen. And I know in my 40 short years, um, <laughs> I haven't seen a whole lot.
I'll let you linger on that one for a while, okay? <laughs> uh, what commandment did I just break? Oh, anyway. Um, yeah, you didn't know there was a test, right? Didn't know there was a test, okay? But the Lord is our righteousness. That's what I love about the season of expectation. Is that I move my expectations out of the way. It's not easy. It really isn't easy. It's very hard. Because we think within each and every one of us, we have the ability to fix whatever's going on. Or we have the ability to make it better. Or we have the, and there's something about moving my expectations out of the way and putting in place God's expectations. That it moves me out of trying to fix and trying to, you know, make it better and, and trying to, to, you know, put a positive spin on what's happening in our world around us. But there's something to be said, to be reminded that God is in control of all things. That the day will come. That we're on the other side of the incarnation. That the righteous one has come. And that we can gather in this season of expectation and know, as Jennifer said, who I am. That I am a child of God. That I am forgiven, blessed in the lineage of a great hope, the promise of eternal life. And that God will... In his time, make all things right. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, thank you for this powerful passage from Jeremiah. So many years before Jesus came to the world. And here he is in the midst of dire circumstances for a nation. And yet was calling the people to look ahead, to look forward, to not see the present situation as the final chapter and the final word, but to trust God in the midst of it. Lord, it's never easy because our circumstances always seem to dictate what we feel the reality is. But can we be reminded this Christmas season to remember that the day will come, that the righteous one is here, and that you are working to make all things right. May we live with hope. May we live with that expectancy in our lives today. And may you continue to bless us, encourage us, strengthen us, and be the hands and feet of Jesus where we need to be. And we thank you in the name of our precious Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.